Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. No matter where you are in the world, I'd like to welcome you back to another episode of Whose World Is This with Junior Renee Bobron. Thank you guys for tuning in. If you're a first-time listener, welcome to this ongoing conversation. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. And thank you again for lending me your ears and giving me your divided attention. Um couple of things before we get started uh thank you guys for purchasing the books and the journals from chavez house publishing there's been an uptick in sales i'm i'm gonna take credit i'm gonna i'm well i'm gonna say that this audience should take the credit because you guys have been going on amazon and there's been an uptick and they haven't done any other advertising really besides this particular platform and another platform so i'm gonna say you guys have been doing it i might start maybe next year doing some things as far as maybe some raffles but thank you guys for doing that chavez house publishing okay that's c-h-a-v-e-s that's chavez with an s house publishing if you go on amazon and you type in chavez house publishing in the search toolbox search box and whatever comes up that's authored by chavez house or lenore batista which should be about a hundred different offerings. We're talking about decorative notebooks that have different countries flags on it. Uh, the Eiffel tower, uh, American flag, different States and regions. Um, also fitness journals, uh, uh, passwords for your different accounts. So there's a password journal called what the heck is my, where the heck is my password, etc. So there's a lot of different things. Uh, Diary journals for gratitude for morning and evenings. There's been an uptick in the sales and I appreciate that because they appreciate it. And I believe in those products because I use those products. As a matter of fact, one of those products that I'm using at the moment is called the Essential Self Self-Publishing Success Blueprint. The Essential Self-Publishing Success Blueprint, a step-by-step -step guide to getting it done right by Lenore Batista. I'm using this book right now to write my own book. It's giving me the outline on the step-by-step. -step. It's holding my hand through the process. This book I'm working on, we're going to speak about that at a, at a later date, but I'd like to get it wrapped up. But the more I get into it, the more I realize more information I'm going to need to make this a 150-page, 200-page read. It's going to be about travel. <clears throat> you know, we, we're, we're remaining consistent with the ethos that we're about. This this particular channel, this platform, whose world is this, is about the world. It's about my world, your world, how we interpret this world, how we are living together and apart. And we pick apart these things. And I've traveled extensively, and I want to, as, as an American and as a first-generation American, born and raised in America, my parents are both immigrants from Haiti, emigrated to the United States from the island of, or the country of Haiti, from the island of Haiti. And um, so I have very interesting perspectives on do's and don'ts. And my book is going to be about that. And this book, The Essential Self-Publishing Success Blueprint on Chavez House Publishing at ChavezHouse.com is the book that's helping me through this. I'm telling you right now, I'm using it as we speak and I'm journaling and the journaling and the journal outlines and the prompt that they have for the you know, the other offerings has helped me 
exercise that writing muscle, which is a muscle that um, sometimes I neglect. You know, um, I read a lot. I don't write as much as I used to. And I used to write, always writing, writing something down. And um, because I'm not active, social media used to be my outlet on Facebook, Facebook posts. I used to write and edit my little Facebook posts. And I remember people saying, you should just have a blog. You should just get a WordPress. And I didn't do that. And I should have. But Facebook was a way that I would exercise my little writing, my writing, you know, itch. And I'm not on Facebook as much anymore. And um, now that I speak more than I write, when I started writing again, I couldn't find my voice. It's like, where am I in this? Where, where am I? It's, you know, it's a muscle. You don't use it. You lose it a little bit. And so the journaling helped me create that thought word connection again to, to pretty much, uh, 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 you know, reconnect that thought word connection. And I appreciate that. And um, the journals that I got from Chavez House Publishing and we are in the gift giving season and the gift receiving season, people. It's a great there are great covers, great gifts. They are not cheaply done. It's glossy covers, very well done. I would suggest I would highly suggest or highly recommend that you go to Chavez House Publishing and pick up one of their hundred books. They even have a dancing diary for little little ballerinas. Right. So if you have a little ballerina in your family, someone who's taking up dance, whether they're preteen, whether they're adolescent or going into adulthood. Um, the author of that book is a former choreographer and she put in a lot of the things that she needed to know about, you know, her dance day or whatever the case may be, her dance, her practice or her sessions. And she wrote that specifically for people who are into dance. There's so many different offerings. You know, I've taken a little break from working out, uh, not because I needed to, because I just did it. Um, and I went on a food spree. I've been eating. So now I'm revisiting my fitness journal so I can get back on track. You know, this is the, this is the season for you know, resolutions. I call them resolutionaries. This is, we're all in resolution mode. And we're going to speak about that a little bit. We're going to speak about that in future, in, in a couple of extra episodes. I've been bogged down with the events of the day. I've noticed the last few episodes I've done. I've, I, and I usually like to keep things broad and I don't, and I don't like to pick things straight out of the news because I call it low-hanging fruit for many comment creators or commentators or people such as myself that just pick things out of the news. It's the hot topic of the day, and they use it, you know, for clicks and views. I, you know, some of my titles aren't very compelling, but the, and you know, because it's not dealing with the news. But when you listen to it, it's compelling. People have said to me, June, I, well, based on the title of your show, which I'm probably going to have to learn how to spice up the titles. Because some people have come across my show via titles and they go, whoa, the title seemed okay. But then I listened to it and I'm like, whoa, this was totally, you know, whatever. So I'm like, okay, maybe I have to do a better job of attracting people just by the title. But what I'm saying is I, 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 I'm not against just speaking about things on the news, but I don't want to speak about them just for the sake of speaking about them if I can't glean something broader that has to do with the, you know, our platform of bringing about a better understanding of certain situations. Um, so I, I won't speak about many things that are, that are occurring um, because I want to speak about fellowship. 
You know, I'm more concerned with that. And how do we get a better understanding of each other and be becoming more tolerant? And tolerance comes from understanding. Uh, you know, at this, I, I don't believe in a kumbaya universe. I don't. I'm not a pacifist. But I do believe in understanding. I do believe in understanding intent. What, why did you do or why are you, why are we, why are we here, what are we doing? I'm, I'm very okay with us not being friends, being enemies, frenemies, us having to pick up arms to settle disputes. By all, if that's how it has to be, then this is how it's going to have to be. But I'd like to understand why is it that we're having this conflict? Why are you mad at me? And why am I mad at you? Why? We get to the bottom of it and we realize, yeah, this is this is valid reasons to be mad and angry at each other. Then let's 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 go about it. But um, I don't like to just pick things out just for in, you know, just for inciting purposes. There are a lot of things that are uh, people use just to incite or provoke. And I don't want to do that. Well, let's be insightful. Let's not incite a riot. Let's not incite anger, anger or evoke anger just for the sake of, you know. Um, we all know that fear and anger suspend your intellect and your logic and your reasoning. So why go there if you don't have to? It's, it, it doesn't benefit in many, many occasions. Let's say often more times than not, it's not going to benefit you. So what are we going to talk about today? With all of that being said, we're going to speak about something that's hot off the presses. Today is December 9th, 2022. And... WNBA star Brittany Griner has been released from a Russian prison. She has been incarcerated or been in Russian custody for 294 days. Okay. That is a long time. Okay. And um, many people are saying, whoa, she's released. Wow. Some people say you broke the law. Some people are saying that the laws were too were too stringent to begin with and too strict and maybe draconian to begin with. And people are asking me what I think. People are asking me, June, are you going to say anything about that? There are a lot of things that people email me about. June, are you going to talk about this? And I go, I'll see. I don't know. We'll see. And I'll, maybe I'll have a discussion over the phone with a friend or I'll, you know, me when I'm in the kitchen or I'm walking around, I talk to myself a lot. So I don't take a lot of notes. I do a lot of conversation with myself. So, what ends up happening, I can hash out a whole episode in my brain and already have it. And I'll go, oh, I'm going to talk about exactly what I just said to myself. And oftentimes, an episode that I've done has been a recreation or a recitation of something I just said to myself a day or two ago. And I just kept it in my head until it was time to do an episode. This is not that. Because my feelings about the Brittany Griner situation has too many layers for me to go. I feel one way about it. Here's one thing. They swapped Brittany Griner for Victor Bout. Anyone doesn't know who Victor Bout is? Victor Bout is one of the most successful gun runners, illegal gun sellers of all time. His name was the Merchant of Death. You know, um, nice hyperbolic name. This man spoke six languages, et cetera, et cetera. If anyone doesn't think that this man was a foreign asset working on behalf of many, many governments that could not have their fingerprints on those, these gun sales due to sanctions, due to this, due to that, then I have a bridge to sell you. That man was very much an agent. Okay. You don't get to be worth like six, 
billion dollars. Man was a billionaire running guns, changing airline, air, air, you know, um, what do you call it? Airplane charters and boat charters and changing the registration number. All of this stuff is stuff that black bag, black ops operation use. Okay. Um, for anyone to think that he was just a hustler, I got a bridge to sell you. Victor Bout's story is a serious story. That man is one of the most successful gun runners in the history of gun running. The United States of America is the largest manufacturer and seller of guns. There is not a conflict on earth that does not have a U.S. weapon involved in it. And it's not because the U.S. weapon was sold on the secondary market. You know, no, it's primarily being sold in regions. And if the U.S. can't be seen or this country or that country can't be seen doing business or selling guns to that, there are intermediaries, middlemen that are in place that other countries use, that countries use. And this man, to a certain degree, I'm not saying he was a middleman for the U.S. I'm saying that Victor Bout, is alive today because he kept his mouth shut. Victor Bout is out of prison today because he kept his mouth shut. Okay? It's political. And he was swapped for Brittany Griner, who was arrested for having hash, a hash oil vape pen found in her luggage while traveling to Russia to play basketball. It was found in her luggage at the airport, entering into Russia, and she was detained from that moment in February. Okay. <laughs> she was swapped for a man who is a billion-dollar gun runner, whose gun transactions footprints can be found everywhere, from Africa to the Middle East, to Southeast Asia, all over the place. Okay? That was the swap. Now, mm, <laughs> how do I feel about that? Because this isn't going to be a fact and data point sort of show, which I oftentimes do, where I'm, where I'm debating or arguing from data point vantage points. I'm using ideology backed by data. This is just, how do I feel? June, what do you think? People are asking, what do you feel? How do you think? I don't know. I don't know. Do I think Brittany Griner should have been arrested? Should have been detained? That's a loaded question. I make it my business as an avid traveler to follow the rules of the host country. I make it my business. As a matter of fact, as a traveler, that's job one. It's making sure that from the door, before I even get on a plane, that I'm respecting every single rule of law. Okay? Because I'm not going to be immunized from the laws of, on the ground. Brittany Griner was held to the same standard as many other travelers. She said it was an honest mistake. Okay? Marijuana, hash, things like that are illegal in Russia. Punishable by incarceration. It's a prosecutable offense. I know that. Moscow is a place I want to go visit. I want to visit St. Petersburg. There are a lot of places I want to visit. What are the first things I read? I, uh, first of all, I'm not bringing anything on a plane that doesn't look like clothing, cologne, 
toiletries, you know, a book or two, my shaving kit. I'm not doing that. I'm not bringing anything. Maybe some, uh, of course, my music and stuff like that. I'm not bringing anything. If I need to buy anything outside of that, if I want to bring a special alcohol that I like to drink and all of that, I'm not bringing that either. I'm a big scotch whiskey person. I'm not bringing it. I'll buy it at the duty-free at the airport of the place I'm in. I don't want any problems. I don't want to all of a sudden be held up. I love flying, but I hate airports. The, the pomp and the circumstance and the shoes being taken off and the x-rays of my x-ray vision on my body, which is which I can't even believe we've allowed that to still exist. That full x-ray machine that you go through is extremely harmful, but we'll talk about that. So my bags are going through this. This is going through that. It's intrusive. It's not fun. The airport is not a fun place. Being in an airplane, awesome. Being at an airport, not awesome. So I want to make sure that I minimize the amount of delays as much as I possibly can. And the number one way to minimize delays is to have all of my paperwork up to date, all of my idea, IDs, identifications, and making sure I'm not bringing anything into said country that is considered to be questionable. Especially countries... Like people have a Russian prison is like a cliche. It's one of those places you don't want to get locked up. Russian prison, Mexican prison, Colombian prison. You know, there's certain places on in this world, Chinese prison. There's certain places you don't want to be in jail. And you're a foreigner. You don't have you don't speak the language, you're not a native, you don't have any contacts. Play by the rules. So from that aspect, when people ask me. Did Brittany Griner deserve to be um, locked up? If you break the rules of a host country by bringing in certain contrabands, especially contraband, which is a marijuana or THC derivative, do you deserve to be detained? Yes. Because it's illegal. Should it be illegal? That's another conversation. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be illegal in this country. No one should be arrested for possession of a couple of, you know, a nickel, a gram of marijuana. You shouldn't be arrested. You shouldn't be arrested. You shouldn't be detained. It shouldn't even be a citation as far as I'm concerned if you're over the age of 18. If you want to make a legal age, let's say legal age to smoke is 21. You want to do it like you do alcohol. Fine. But no one should get a citation for that. If you are of legal age, that's how I feel in this country, in the United States. Can I speak for another country? Not at the moment. I can't. I can speak for the country of my birth. I can say you can't have beer legal alcohol that destroys your liver and it, and, 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 and contributes to about 40 percent of domestic violence in this country. You know, I, I think it was said that the, the Department of Corrections or the police officers across the country said that almost half of criminal behavior was alcohol induced or alcohol was a correlate correlation. There was an association. What are we talking about? Alcohol. What does it do? It, 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 it uh, pretty much loosens up your, inhib your your inhibitions. Right. The neural transmitters in your prefrontal cortex that that control your caution signals, the neurotransmitters that that tell you don't do this, don't do that. Do this, don't do that. In regards to your judgment, alcohol compromises that. But yet it's legal. 
People drink wine, people drink beer, people drink whiskey, people drink this. I watch a football game, beer commercials, beer being sold at sporting events, which, I'm, which I disagree with. It's a family event. A lot of the fights that happen in the stands, I've been at football games, baseball games, basketball games. A lot of it is alcohol-induced. I've been one of the people that's saying you can't call it a family event if you got drunk men cursing at each other. Just saying. But yet marijuana is illegal. What are we talking about? You smoke, you, you smoke some marijuana, you're probably going to eat, you're going to sleep, you're going to chill, you're probably going to think about some things, maybe write something, shouldn't be operating any heavy machinery or driving. But what are we talking about here? But I'm in a foreign country. If I know, if let's say hypothetically I'm, I'm, a, I'm a smoker, I need it for pain, I need it for this, I need it for that, and I know I'm visiting a foreign country, am I going to put anything in my luggage at all that 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 um, is associated with marijuana use, THC use, CBD, cannabinoid. No, I'm not. I'm not gonna do it. I wouldn't even do it if I'm traveling from one state within the union, which I am a citizen of, to another state, let alone another country, let alone another country that has a contentious relationship with the United States, vice versa. What are we doing? So from that aspect, did you deserve to be detained for a while? Like, hey, listen, <laughs> maybe you're not understanding. First of all, it's illegal. Second of all, we're, we're Russia. You might have heard of us. We actually don't play. We're not known. We're not a playful country. It's not what we do. Okay, and we don't play. And guess what? Uh, your country of birth and us, we're going through some things right now. So maybe if you're going to be here and we're going to pay you a million dollars to play basketball here, why don't you play by the rules? So from that aspect, honest mistake, so what? I've left my driver's license home. Cop pulled me over. I forgot my license. My license is valid. I don't have it. I got a citation anyway. It was an honest mistake. It was an honest mistake. I still got a reprimand for it. Driving without a license. You're supposed to be driving with. I've made honest mistakes and I've still paid for those mistakes. Did Brittany Griner deserve to be locked up for 294 days based on this? When you travel across oceans, seas, internationally, and you're not adhering to the rules of said country. The punishments are more severe when you do when you cross state borders and you cross country borders. If I do something in one state, if I transport something from one state to another, let's say I have cigarettes, I have Newports or whatever Marlboros and I'm selling them. I live in New York and I'm selling them in New York. I bought them in New York and I'm selling them in New York. It's not federal. Could be to a degree, but it's really, it, 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 I can get a nice citation. If I bought those cigarettes from New Jersey and I brought them into New York City, interstate commerce, I have just now broken a whole host of new laws by transporting contraband from one state to another. And now the feds are coming. So I... I I just find it interesting that all of this is happening. So there are a lot of ways for me to look at this. One, did Brittany Griner deserve to be punished based on the laws and the rules on the ground that are known? You know when you fly, 
you can't even bring a big thing of shampoo. Your shampoo's got to be three ounces. You trying to bring in, you trying to bring in hash. You have to have everything. Oh, your shampoo has to be th- th- three and a half ounces. I remember one time I had my cologne, a nice cologne. It was a great gift. Airport security threw my cologne out. I looked at them and I was like, if I do what it is that I want to do right now, I'm going to be detained and probably banned from air travel. I was going to put pause on this person. No, you can't travel with this. I was like, yo, 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 wait a minute, man. That's a gift and that's an expensive gift. Is there a way I can come back and get it? After my trip is over, some sort of lost and found situation. That's, listen, looked at me like I was talking gibberish. And I thought to myself, man, but you know what? I paid for my honest mistake. Just like she paid for her honest mistake. And I'm going to put honest in quotes. Just saying. A person of her stature and what i mean by stature i don't mean the fact that she's tall because she's over six feet seven or eight i don't know she's very tall but i'm I'm talking about based on her access to information she was going to go over there to play basketball for a million dollars seven figures that means you are part of a a, an elite social strata in the world you are part of the one-tenth of the one percent that's able to make one million dollars in a calendar year or over a million dollars, because she gets paid over $250,000 a year to be an WNBA player, and then you add the million she would get for playing in Russia, that puts you at a 1.25 strata. Okay? That's the top tenth of the 1% on the planet are making that kind of money, a million dollars per annum. You know what that means? You have handlers. You have the WNBA You have the sports councils and commissions. You have people on both sides of that, of the border, telling you what can and can't be done. People are handling these things for you. And yes, oh, you're busy and you're so busy, it's so easy to forget. No, there's certain things you don't forget. When you're traveling, the first thing you want, the first thing you need is your medicine. If if you're allergic to things, if if you need certain medicines because you have a condition, you bring that. Um... Then you also bring, of course, you have all of your IDs. You, you know where your money is. You know where the banks are. You, you have everything you need. And you make sure that you're not bringing anything in your luggage that could be construed as contraband to the country you are visiting. That's part of the top two, three things on the checklist. So when I hear, eh, you know, honest mistake, did they let her slide before? When, when things weren't as contentious and she thought she can just slide again. I have friends of mine who happen to find a way to travel and they've brought firearms in their bags. And yeah, June, I've traveled with my gun all the time. I'm like, I'll never do that unless I have it locked up the way they tell me to, blah, 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 and have it in check-in. I have people who've told me, yeah, I, I travel with marijuana all the time. I'm not going to, I wouldn't do things like that. I don't need any problems at an airport. I don't need those kind of problems because you are in an interesting jurisdiction once you are in an airport. That is federal crimes. It's federal now. As soon as you walk into the airport and do something in the airport, you are no longer, it's no longer a state offense. It's a federal offense. And you're going to have to do mandatory minimums. The, the penalties are harsher. If you were going to get a year for doing it outside of the airport, it's probably going to be three years. 
if it was going to be a $500 fine if you did it outside of the airport. Now that you're in the airport's vicinity, it's probably going to be instead of $500, it's going to be $2,000 fine. It's a federal offense now. And the, the, your lawyer's going to cost you more because it's a federal offense. Everything costs more. The stakes are higher. So pay attention. Don't tell me it's an honest mistake. You're an avid traveler. You're a part of the WNBA Olympic team, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I don't want to hear that. You are a seasoned traveler with handlers and people abound. If that was a truly an honest mistake, it was a systemic failure. And if it wasn't an honest mistake and she's been accustomed to being able to get things in Russia because of her stature, that means that you were operating as an elitist. And you weren't subject to the same laws as the rest of us until you were because those laws still remain on the books and they can choose to enforce them or not as they see fit because they're the country. So you can say, oh, I, I was able to do this before. Well, that was before. That was yesterday. And today is a new day. And we just decided today that, yeah. It's not a slap on the wrist. It's not a warning. It's not whatever. It's not a wink, wink. It's not a it's OK. No problem. No, it's yet. <laughs> Sorry. So how do I feel about that? And how do I feel about the, the, I think one of the judges that presided over Victor Bout's case saying that based on his crimes, I think he uh, is, they think that the punishment was enough. That's another thing. The punishment was enough. If I get caught with a gun, I own several firearms legally. I have a conceal and carry license. I am a Second Amendment absolutist. I believe in the right to bear arms. I believe that every law-abiding, tax-paying American should have a firearm. I believe that anyone over the age of 9, 10, I've gone to gun ranges in South Florida and in Oklahoma and in Texas where you have 10-year-olds that are more disciplined with a firearm than most adults. This is important. Everyone should be invested <clears throat> in protecting the family. So guns shouldn't be something that's considered contraband in the home. It should be something like, listen, this is what this is. You never use this. You never do this. Once a, once a person has um, exhibited enough moral judgment, they should understand how to use a firearm in the house. You tell a child, if I'm a dad and I have my son in the house or my daughter and I go, listen, dad has his gun here, this, that, and the third. If anything happens to me, if I'm, if I'm confronting intruders and anything should happen to me, it's going to be your job to protect yourself and each other and your mom. That's it. And this is so each and every single member of that family after a certain age should know how to use a firearm. A child reaches their late adolescence, they should be proficient. The woman in the house, proficient. The man in the house, proficient. Period. That's my take. That's my take. That same legally purchased firearm from a legal gun store with my legal concealed carry, that same weapon I cannot bring to New York City. If I decide to drive to New York and I, everywhere I drive, I have my firearms with me. Everywhere I drive, I take long road trips. I have several firearms staged in my vehicle in secret compartments, anything happens, I'm, I'm ready. I'm more than ready. But I can do that through Florida, through Georgia, through the Carolinas. Then all of a sudden, uh-oh, laws get a little funny.
Okay, I could still do that in Virginia. I've my 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 concealed carry is has reciprocity in all of these states until I get to the Northeast. Now all of a sudden I'm a criminal for owning this same gun. That me as a law-abiding, tax-paying citizen, non-felonious individual, that same weapon is now a firearm. And it's considered a federal offense if I'm caught with a firearm in New York City. Because most people cannot get a concealed carry it's because there's no place that you're allowed to carry. And what happens is it's death by a thousand fees. So you have to show a need for your firearm a pressing need to own a gun. And then you have to go through like a 50 page application and the fees attached are more expensive than the actual weapon. Now I would be okay with that if that was going for background checks and more training and how to use your firearm and to gun stores and learning how to stage weapons and learning how to defend yourself and clear your house in case of emergencies. No, it's just, it's just the way of discouraging. It's discouragement by a hundred fees. So that's how they discourage people from even seeing whether or not they're even eligible. So my problem with that is I can do three to 15 years in prison for being the same moral, sound, prudent, law-abiding, tax-paying June. I, I can get three to 15 years in prison for being caught with a gun that I own legally just because I went from one state to another I'm very very aware of that this is all coming around full circle because when you tell me that Victor Bout did enough time for being a billion dollar gun runner and he did 10 years and you have people in New York City who just want to protect themselves from the evils that are seconds away and police and law enforcement are several minutes away. And they just want to protect themselves. They can be arrested and do three to 15 years just for owning something legally. This dude did 10 years or 11 years for some things he was doing illegally and made a billion dollars off of it. And you're saying he did enough time. And I'm saying, well, what about the, what about me? What about me who just wants to protect himself if he wants to go visit his family in New York City? And New York City is a mess right now, my hometown. It's a mess. I know it's a mess and I don't need the news to tell me because most of my family outside of my immediate family still live in New York City. So I get up to the minute updates about what's going on in New York City in all the boroughs. I know what's going on, on the, in the Bronx right now. What's going on in Brooklyn right now. What's going on in Queens right now. What's going on in Manhattan, different parts, whether it be Harlem, Dykeman, Inwood, Washington Heights, Morningside Heights, Lower East Side, West Side Village. I got it. Soho, Noho, I got it. Up to the minute. People who work there, live there, travel there, I know what's going on. And I know I would be more comfortable going back to my hometown with my legally purchased firearm, with my concealed carry. But all of that is null and void in New York City. I'm going to do some time. Eric Adams, former cop, Mayor Adams and his police department are going to lock me up. So guess what June's not going to do? June's going to make sure that if he's taking a road trip, he does not have his gun with him. I'm going to travel through all these several states, all these several states I'm going to travel without my firearm. 
because I know that once I head to New York City, I'm illegal. I hit places like, I think, uh, Delaware or Baltimore. I'm not entirely sure of the laws there. But I know once I hit New York and New Jersey, uh-uh. Mm-mm. So I know that. I know that. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows New York and California have some of the strictest gun laws in the country, right? I know if I'm going to drive because I want to take a drive, a, a drive to California. I know I can't bring my firearm there. I know I can't bring my I'm, I'm not I'm not even going to try. I don't even want to know what are the what do what, what do I need to do? To, no, no, no. I'm not going to deal with that. I'm not dealing with the LAPD if I can avoid it. No, thanks. Thanks, but no, thanks. Let's just say I want to limit my interactions with law enforcement as much as humanly possible. OK. So you're telling me um, I'm going to take that precaution. I'm going to make sure that I, if I'm leaving, I, I lock up all of my weapons in the home. They're not coming with me if I'm going to New York or California by car. Right. I know every single state in this union right now where I can drive through with my firearm. Every single state, neighboring states, which ones I can and cannot. I know every, <clears throat> every single one. OK, so you're telling me. It was an honest mistake that you brought a hash oil vape pen that you said you've been using for pain because, you know, obviously being a professional athlete, pain is part of the proposition. Pain is, pain is part of the reality. Pain management is part of the reality. Be able to perform professionally with pain. And I don't think any professional athlete that's been playing for years and years is pain free. They're always playing with some level of pain and managing that pain is paramount. It's a lot of P's. But you're telling me that as much as you've traveled for the Olympics, for this overseas, this is not your first time traveling to Russia for basketball. And it was an honest mistake. Well, you're going to pay for your honest mistake. And now people are and then, you know, judges and everyone is like, OK, well, you know, Victor Bout did his time. You have other people saying, why not Paul Whelan, which is a Marine who's been convicted of espionage? Why is he not being released? And my argument to that is if you're being convicted of espionage, which is a fancy word of saying that you are overseas acting as an agent for a foreign country looking to disrupt the machinations and actions of another country, that is far more severe than what Brittany Griner got, got, got caught with. Some hash oil. Person who's just an athlete. So people can say it's her privilege, mm, which is interesting. Could be. Yeah, she's an athlete. She's a celebrity. And all of a sudden she gets, mm, okay, you can say that. I, I, I'll bite. Because I think there was another gentleman that that's, uh, was locked up for the same thing. He's been in a, a Russian jail for years. And I think he was a professor. Um, but espionage is a different conversation if you're convicted of that. That's another kind of conversation. So if I'm on foreign soil acting as an agent of another country looking to uh, disrupt actions. If I go to Russia and it's just June, which I which I plan on going probably, who knows, in the next year or so. Plan on going over there. I don't know. Well, that depends on how these wars escalate or de-escalate. Everything is contingent upon certain realities on the ground. But I've traveled throughout Southeast Asia. I've traveled throughout communist countries that if I got caught with anything contraband, it's mandatory sentences. They're locking me up for four or five years. I think I told this story before. I was in Thailand, and Thailand has great incense, great incense. I went to a Buddhist temple, 
speaking to a Buddhist monk and they had incense there and uh, a, a Thai, a former Thai police officer that uh, a friend of mine knew told us where we can get the incense that the Buddhist monks use to meditate with. I said, I want that. So I bought it. I went back to my little villa. I had a beautiful balcony overlooking a cliff, overlooking the water. Beautiful. And I had the incense burning on my balcony. I had the incense burning in my living room. I had the incense burning in the bedroom area. I had the incense burning in the bathroom. At the same time, I'm playing Miles Davis's something kind of blue. And I'm chilling. And I have a, a, a Glenn Levette, about an 18-year-old bottle of Glenn Levette. So I'm in this hotel villa in Thailand overlooking probably the best view I've seen. Well, it, it rivals the views I've had in Hawaii and, and Haiti and the Caribbean. It's a very gorgeous view. And I'm, and I'm an incense person. I used to buy incense in New York. I used to travel a great distance in New York City to get incense, even though there was incense 10, 15 minutes away from where I lived. I would travel deep in Brooklyn. I would go to the different mosques and other places. The Nation of Islam used to have great incense. Um, if people are familiar with them in New York City. They used to have, they have a great incense distributor. And I knew the guy personally. And he would tell me when he would get certain incenses. And this incense that I was burning in Thailand was by far the best incense ever in the history of incense in my experience. I was having solo revelations. I was in an awesome, peaceful place reciting the mantras that the Buddhist monks were telling me to recite. I was having a blast. I was just on my balcony, just. <sighs> so then a friend of mine goes, yo, we're going to Cambodia. I'm like, all right, how much of the tickets? He sends me the tickets information. No, no, I'm sorry. Vietnam. We're going to go to Vietnam. Okay. We're going to Ho Chi Minh City, Saigon, Ho Chi Minh. Okay, boom. I got my ticket, boom, 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 et cetera, et cetera. Then I look at the incense when I'm packing because he literally told me within a day, he was like, yo, bro, we're going to go here. We're going to visit some people, have some fun. I'm like, yeah, no doubt. We're going to do that. So I'm packing and I look at the incense. And I'm saying, man, what am I going to do with this? Because if I was heading back to the United States, my country of my birth, this is incense. They can smell it, detect it, get the dogs on it. It's just incense, nothing else. And it looks a little different. It was a little bushy. Parts of it were bushy. It could be construed as something else if you didn't know any better, right? But I'm, if I, would, I felt very comfortable taking that incense from Thailand back to the United States. Very comfortable. I wasn't so comfortable bringing that to Vietnam since I was still traveling. I wasn't entirely sure how much traveling we were going to do, and I didn't expect to uh, uh, purchase anything like an incense and I didn't expect to buy as much as I did because I kept buying it because I kept burning it and I had a surplus and I thought to myself man this first of all this incense was expensive secondly it's the best incense ever and I would love to burn it in the United States back home and then I thought to myself do I bring it with me and you know what I did I gifted it to the front desk of, of the resort I was staying at. And they were very grateful, very, very, very grateful, gracious, because I said to myself, I don't want any problems. 
I'm going to a foreign country. I do not look like the natives. I am not part of this culture. I am a tourist in the purest definition of the word. Everything I know about this country is anecdotal. You understand? I know some people of Vietnamese descent, etc., etc. But guess what? I don't have any friends on the ground here. I don't have any family on the ground. I don't have any body of influence. What I do know is I'm a foreigner. That's what I do know. And guess what? I don't want any problems. So you know what I did? Instead of bringing that incense, I burned a couple of extra stalks and I gave the rest to the front desk. Because I didn't want any problems. Listen, so nah, I'm good. I don't, I don't even want to be detained for this, them asking me what this is. I don't want any additional questions. That was me. That's all I'm saying, people. When people ask me, how did I feel about Brittany Grant? I'm like, you brought hash oil to Russia? You brought hash oil to where? Oh, okay. And I'm remembering my trip from, you know, six years ago where I was had a dilemma. I was like, I want this incense. This is mine. I, bought, I paid a lot of money for this. You know, can I mail it? I'm thinking about can I mail it back to, you know, the U.S. or something or mail it back to my mom and tell my mom and it was not enough time it wasn't enough time basically we were traveling i was literally jumping in we were, we were country hopping and a friend of mine met him then i met another person we met some girls and then i'm just i'm just chilling so i'm like you know what the less baggage i have the better sorry i don't have any souvenirs sorry i don't have a hey i'm here i should have you know do that whole postcard thing you know hello from such and such I didn't do that either just traveling just doing me and it wasn't enough time to mail it it was like evening time now I gotta find a driver and maybe I could have went to the front desk and be like can you mail this to such and such I was like you know what I'm good I'll figure it out on the next route matter of fact before I even leave for these countries again yeah, let's say I'm taking a trip to Thailand right now and I know they have the greatest incense I've ever had I'm going to try to look, ask my hotel, is there a way for me to mail it back to the United States? Is there a way that I can send this and how much is it going to cost? I will have all of that information even before I get on a plane. You understand? A seasoned millionaire, traveler, celebrity like Brittany Griner made an honest mistake and she paid for it. Honest mistakes get paid for. Sorry, even the most honest of mistakes have repercussions, ramifications, consequences. I do not play when it comes to foreign borders. This is almost a segue to my book. <laughs> I'm going to be speaking about this. The casual nature sometimes Americans may, may travel with, excuse me, <clears throat> when they go to, well, yeah, I'm an American, it's not a big deal. Be it may not be a big deal where you're from, but it could be a big deal where you're going. And don't think that your blue passport immunizes you from the realities on the ground in, in foreign countries. Don't for a moment. As a matter of fact, you quite possibly can be made an example of due to your hmm, flippant 
your flouting of certain rules on the ground in your country. There's certain governments, there's certain entities that may not look at your blue passport as some sort of passport into doing whatever it is that you want to do. They're not going to give you a pass for your passport. They may say, you know what? Tired of these Americans thinking they can just come in here and do certain things. Tired of the way that you guys think that you have a passport to the world. I'm not speaking from my perspective, people. I'm saying that in many countries I visited, there's been certain sentiments like that on the ground. People will grow weary of what they consider to be American arrogance. It's a love-hate relationship oftentimes. Mind your manners. Pay close attention. Don't put yourself in positions where you have to say things like, well, I didn't know that, or it was an honest mistake. Uh-uh. You want to stay away from as much I didn't know that and honest mistakes as possible. When you are traveling, what is paramount is, is that you are abiding by all rules of travel where you are and where you are headed and any other subsequent destinations okay so if you ask me june what do you think did britney grinder deserve 294 days i don't know about deserve she earned some penalties because there are realities on the ground i have a gun i have a i have several firearms that are licensed to me I have a conceal and carry. I went through all of that paperwork. I paid the fees to have a conceal and carry. Does that mean I can just go to New York and be like it's an honest mistake? Could be an honest mistake. Or it could be I'm going there going, hey, you know, psh, yo, why is it illegal here? Two states away, it's illegal. It's, it's legal. I can go through Florida, Carolinas, Georgia, Kentucky, Texas, Oklahoma, New Mexico, Arizona. I mean, half of this union I could walk around with this, but guess what? There's another half that I can't. You understand? Understand the rules on the ground. I know that neighboring, neighboring states around me, I'm good. But I also know that once I leave these neighboring states, other rules apply, so I have to look up those rules first. And we all know that in most countries, like take for instance, I think it's uh, was it Amsterdam or the Netherlands where one of these countries in, in uh, I think it's Netherlands or Amsterdam. This is what's interesting. Marijuana is legal, but you can't necessarily get caught with it. Marijuana stores are legal, places where you can smoke. Marijuana bars, bud bars are legal, you can go smoke. But there have been people who've gotten arrested for transporting or bringing this marijuana that's in the stores to the stores in between. There's an in-between line that occurs in certain European countries. I think it's Netherlands or Amsterdam. I can't remember. You can look it up. Where it's all good is if it's in the store. But getting it into this bud bar, getting it into the bud store and dispensary, there's some fuzzy language with the laws. Just like in the United States. Oh, it's legal on a state level, but not on a federal level. All of a sudden, yeah, I can buy it from a dispensary legally showing my driver's license, etc. But if I get caught with it. Wait a minute. If I'm smoking it on my balcony. The police can be called. It can be another kind of conversation. Wait, wait, wait what? 
but it's legal. Kind of. These are the gray areas. So if someone says I bought a, a, a bought a roll up a, 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 a pre roll legally from a dispensary, here's my medical card, here's my driver's license, and you're smoking it out in the public, and law enforcement in some capacity says, "Hey, what's that? Oh, it's a marijuana stick. Look at my medical marijuana card. Uh, yeah, it's legal, but not in this and that." And all of a sudden now they're hitting you with all kinds of ordinances and fines, and you're like, "Wait, wait, but it's legal." Yeah, kinda. Just like my gun is legal. Yeah, kinda. Just like me being able to carry, but there are certain places that will say no guns, no firearms allowed on this premises. And you'll see the gun with a circle around it and a big diagonal slash through the gun saying no. So it's legal, but yeah. So that's why personally, and I hate to say this, I had a lot less sympathy for Brittany Griner than many others. June is not traveling. I hate to use my name in the third person, forgive me. I'm not, I am not traveling overseas with anything that could be construed as contraband. Just not doing it. Not doing it. Especially something as contentious and, and is in that area as hash, weed, any derivatives of marijuana which there's a whole lot going on about it. The conversation is changing. The conversation is in flux, but it's not certain. But in certain countries, it's certain. You go to certain places in Southeast Asia, you get caught with that stuff. Your embassy can't help you. Your consulate cannot help you. No one can help you. Hashtags won't help you. You're, an, you're anonymous. You're a nobody. You're going to jail. And, if you, and, and the only way you're going to get out of that is you better have fifty dollars to $100,000 to give to a bunch of officials because there's graft like you wouldn't believe in certain countries, and that's the way you get out of stuff. The law is the law, and you, gotta get pay, you have to pay to be able to exempt yourself from the realities on the ground. You got to pay. End of story. You got to pay. So instead of doing five years, you'll do a year, or you'll do six months. But they're going to make an example out of you. And she was made an example. Let this be a lesson to everyone who want to take it a step further. If the thing that you're bringing is questionable, don't bring it. If you're scratching your head on whether you should bring something on a trip, don't bring it. How about that? How about you err on the side of caution? How about you do that? Hmm? Just do that instead. So Brittany Griner being traded for Victor Bout. How do I feel about that? billion dollar gun runner with connections with several governments in the world acting as an intermediary his guns or the guns that he sold involved in conflicts where men women and children were killed and Brittany Griner hash oil basketball player then you have Paul Whelan, who's still over there, but he's there for espionage purposes. I, I, all I'm saying is that's a that's a that's a clearly a, a significantly more severe offense than a personal hash vape. Brittany Griner is not a smuggler. She didn't have 500 vapes. You know, <laughs> she had one. Okay, um, was it an honest mistake? Don't know. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Honest mistake or not. 
speed limit. You were speeding. Oh, it's an honest mistake. Yeah, I thought the speed limit was 40 over there, and now it's, you know, 20. I didn't know the difference. Oh, honest mistake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's a ticket for your honest mistake. It's your, your job to know that this is a speed trap. It's your job. It's our job to trap you. It's your job to know it's a speed trap. Okay? All right. Nice to know you. That's how it works. There's a certain states I drive through. There's certain parts of upstate New York where you're driving through the highway where it gets really, really funny. And parts of Virginia and Delaware when you're on the 95 where all of a sudden... Uh, the speed limit drops 20, 30 miles. It's 70, and all of a sudden, now it's 50 or 40, and you, oh, you are doing 70. So you know what I do? I split the difference. I never go the speed limit. I, I travel below the speed limit, and I just put it in cruise control. So I know that 55, 60 is the sweet spot. I drive around 65 because I know those areas. It's like, eh, you know, now I'm good. Just like my little run-in with that Arkansas State Police back in June of this year who decided to pluck me out of nowhere and make an example out of me for no apparent reason. This is what happens when you leave yourself at the mercy of, the, of, of laws. You don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. You don't want to scratch your head and wonder. Should I or should I not? Find out for sure. Or just leave it home and be like, you know what? I ain't dealing with this. No. So my take on that is how do I feel? I feel that she deserved a punishment. Was 294 days in Russian detention severe? <sighs> I don't think anyone, any adult, should be incarcerated for marijuana possession. With that being said... There are realities on the ground that have to be adhered to until those until that is no longer the case where incarceration or there is no punishment as such for possession of marijuana or its derivatives. But until that day, you have to follow the rules on the ground, the same way you follow certain speed limits. One highway is 55. The other one is 70, 75. It's what it is. It's what it is. You will pay for your honest mistakes if you're doing a 75 and a 55. You're going to pay for it. Now, do we think that the penalty is severe? All I'm going to say is follow the rules of the land that you, of, of the law of the countries that you're going to, American. Don't think that your consulate, your embassy, look in your money. There are certain realities on the ground that you may be used as a pawn, justifiably so, because you actually broke a law. And they may look to make an example out of you because you're from a country that is not a that is a frenemy. And they look to make an example out of you to let you know that you are not exempt. OK. This is important. This is important for every American. It's important for every traveler. It's important to everybody, whether you're wealthy, whether you're property, whether you're a backpacker or you're a seasoned luxe traveler five-star traveler regardless understand what this is this is a millionaire this is a millionaire she's a millionaire you make two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year over four years you're a millionaire what are we talking about she was already a millionaire before she got the million dollars she has endorsement deals etc etc she was an all-star player 
blah, 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 has a certain modicum of celebrity that comes with that. And she was able to live that American dream, just making a lot of money and being able to afford to live where you want to live. Now, you ask a WNBA player, are they getting paid enough? They will go, oh, no, we're not. We're, 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 we're vastly underpaid. Well, well, based on your attendance of your games, you're not. For $250,000 a year to play a game is a significant amount of money. You're not getting $47 million a year like a Russell Westbrook, but that's, hey, sorry. Those guys are selling out stadiums at 20,000 people in attendance. Your, your stadium, you know, 7,000 people are there. Just saying. So let's not go there. $250,000 is, is a significant amount of money in the United States, especially if you don't live in San Francisco, you don't live in California or New York. <clears throat> you can do okay with that money. Okay? Plus endorsements. Then you make a million dollars. So you're a millionaire. Here's a millionaire celebrity that had to do 294 days. What do you think they're going to do to everyone else that's out there that's not a millionaire or a celebrity? Okay, you know, you don't have Joseph R. Biden and the rest of them using, you know, um, propping you up as, oh, this is an example of egregious, of unjustified uh, detention, such, etc. OK. OK. I believe she deserved to be detained. I, did, I believe that her actions warranted detention. How much detention or the, to the degree she was detained? Eh. I'm still I'm still up in the air. All I know is I travel a lot. I jump. My passport is my friend. And I know I check. I double check. I triple check my bags before I leave my house. I don't care how busy my schedule is. And I don't leave it up to handlers. I check my bag. They ask you, has anyone else? been in contact with your luggage besides you and you say no that's on you your bag your luggage your belongings your responsibility honest mistakes still are mistakes and they have consequences if an honest mistake breaks the law you are a lawbreaker whether it's intentional or unintentional, there are consequences. That's my stance. Are the laws unjust? That's another question. That's another conversation. I don't believe that uh, a negligible amount, negligible, negligible amount of personal uh, 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 of marijuana. Uh, come on, a, a hash oil vape pen, little little bowl full of greenery. You know, you got a little bong. What are we talking about? Really? That's a problem. A pre-roll in your in your backpack so you can decompress after all your travels. What are we doing? That's a that's a problem. Really? OK. My gun is a problem. Really? My firearm is legal in how many states? All these surrounding states. Like I said, Florida, North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia, Texas, uh, Kentucky, um, Oklahoma, New Mexico, Arizona, all these states, no problem. I think if I go to Colorado, uh-oh, maybe a problem. I'm not sure. I can't remember. But you better believe if I plan on going to Denver or Colorado Springs or Boulder, I'll know. I'll know everything I need to know. 
about where I can and cannot bring if I can or cannot bring my firearm. It's important. Or if, if I were involved in greenery or if I liked, well, Denver, they're okay with you having greenery, you know, rec for recreational use. But if, if I was someone who was an avid uh, partaker of THC products, I would look to see, okay, is that okay here or is it not? And even if it's okay to purchase, do you just smoke your pre-roll in front of the precinct or in front of the museum or while you're just walking down the street like it's a Marlboro? Can you do that? Is that okay? Or, if, or, or is it not okay? Or is it some sort of grayish area that's still part of an ongoing conversation? You don't want your life to be in the grayish area. So you know what you do? You err on the side of caution. And you don't flout and you don't flaunt. That's all I got to say on that. You know, that's, you know, that's it. You know, she's home. Glad for her. Um, the, there are certain people that were like, oh, she deserves to be there because she's this activist. I think she was part of the BLM contingent and wanting to kneel and et cetera, et cetera. And many people are saying, well, you want to go kneel, go kneel for Putin. I say that that was unfair. That was unfair. Okay. She had her beliefs about certain things. Okay, fine. Whether I agree with them or not, it's neither here nor there. But that was unfair. <clears throat> you know, let's deal with the situation at hand. But the situation at hand is interesting because we may speak about it. That the fact that, you know, she can say what it is that she wants to say about the U.S. or this one or that one. You went to go play in Russia that has less, that has, you know, on paper, based on our, based on our media's information, Russia has less than favorable human rights uh, 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 relationship with their uh, citizenry, right? Less than favorable. But you're okay going over there to, to, to get paid a million dollars to play. So people were making that argument, and I was like, ooh, that's a tough one, people, for a lot of the, the activists and everything. Like, oh, really? You went, to, you went, you went over there? Do you plan on speaking on behalf of reporters and this, that, and the third, and people that have been poisoned or whatever, or are you just going to go play ball? So you're going to go shut up and dribble over there, but be very vocal over here. Oh, so you know the rules. <laughs> that was another conversation people were having. Like, you know, I, I, I could have said that, and I think early on part of me was like, you know what? You knew, to be, you knew to shut up and dribble over there, so that means you should have known to keep that vape pen you know, stateside, just saying, you know, just saying, if you, if you know that there are different rules on the ground, follow the rules on the ground, honest mistake. Yeah. Well, you're going to get treated like it's not an honest mistake. It's a mistake. It's a mistake that breaks laws and you're going to get treated as such. And there you go. So, you know, glad she's home. Victor bout swap. Interesting. The fact that uh, the, the, the largest gun running country on earth, the United States, let's get get some uh, swaps and releases the largest gun runner, the more, most successful gun runner, but yet wants to take away my weapon. You release this guy, you sell more guns than any other country on earth to the rest of the world to populate regimes. You're spending billions tens close to a hundred billion dollars to help foster and help defend the Ukraine. When you have schools getting shut down stateside, you're sending guns, weapons, drones, everything over there. And you're trying to limit my magazine capacity 
and my ability to buy a weapon to protect my family when danger is just seconds away and the police are several minutes away. Someone's kicking down my door right now and you're saying, yeah, police will be on their way in seven minutes. Really? The average home invasion is a minute and a half long. Two minutes. I'll be smithereens by then. Swiss cheesed up. Or if I'm in my car and some, I'm in a gas station situation and someone sees me and now they decide that I'm a Vic. <clears throat> How's police going to protect me there? Unless you have two to three police officers at every single gas station and every single supermarket parking lot and every single home in America. I'm not leaving my protection to those who can take away my protection. I, w I just hope that the left gets that into their head or, or whether you're left or the right, I don't care. But the people that are gun control advocates understand that every single last time people were dealing with oppression, repression and suppression, they were dealing with that at the hands of the police and the military. I'm not leaving my protection respectfully to the police and the military. Because historically, every time people have been oppressed, repressed, and suppressed, it's been at the hands of the police and the military at the behest of government. They are law enforcement. In turn, lawmakers give armed personnel, law enforcement, the ability to arrest me, to kill me, incarcerate me, detain me, whatever they want to do with me by legal decree, confiscate my land, confiscate this, regulate my speech, modify my behavior, decide that this is or is not contraband. These are very, very, very slippery slopes. And if you look at the world historically, all of these things happen at the stroke of a legislator's pen and they're carried out by police and military. I'm not leaving my protections up to police and military. I'm sorry, because police officers, the military, by and large, are probably pretty decent people. But guess what? Orders are orders. I was just following orders. That's going to be their excuse when they, you know, decide that what I'm doing is illegal, even though it was, it was legal today, but it's not legal tomorrow. It was legal this week. It's illegal and I can be incarcerated. I can be whatever based on a stroke of a pen by some legislator who knows that they can all they need to do is send the armed guards of their laws after me. I can't remember who said it, whether it was Joseph Stalin or Vladimir Lenin who said, the armed minority is the majority. <clears throat> so regardless if you like this law or that law, when, they put the, when the police and the, and the military put their paws on you and decide this is what it's going to be, yeah, the will of the people be damned. That's why I'm a Second Amendment absolutist. Because I'm not counting on the government to take care of me when, when, there's, when there's a knock, knock, knock at the door and it's a big bad wolf. I got to be able to go, okay, I got to handle my business. And I have to know how to handle my business. The, my woman has to know. The kids have to know. Nieces and nephews have to know. Cousins have to know. Neighbors have to know. 
that's how we get rid of big bad wolves. Because obviously, have we looked at this country? All the cops that we have? All the co- you know, California has helicopters, has this, and SWAT teams. They have ICE. They have immigration. They have this. They have that. DEA. You feel safer? NYPD. New York City police used to try to put their thumb where the sun doesn't shine. They wanted to have a permanent foot in my behind. Is New York safer? No. Money and opportunities. New York being a big economy is the reason why certain crimes don't occur. The police have nothing to do with it. They don't solve crimes at the level that people think they do. We're going to have that conversation later on. I'm, I'm veering off a bit. My apologies. Especially if you're black or you're brown and you're murdered. Those crimes get solved at an anemic rate. <clears throat> a successful rate of crime solving is like 30, 40 percent. I mean, 70 percent of criminals will not be caught killing me. That's my reality. Don't tell me that I go to New York now. I can't carry my gun to defend myself. When, when I lived in New York, I had to protect myself from the cops and the robbers. There's a song by, um, uh, there's a song that, that features an artist named Most Deaf. His name is Yasin Bass. Changed his name to Yasin Bey. Um, and Talib Kweli and another artist named Common Sense. And there's a song, it's called Rep- Respiration. One of my favorite songs of all time. Amazing production, all of that. And most Def had a line in the song, or Yasin Bey had a line in the song, can't even tell the difference between the cops and the robbers. They're both heartless with no conscience. That's New York City, because he's describing New York City. This isn't June's interpretation. This is most Def. He's a rapper, but he's not, you know, in the same vein of the rappers that are are involved in beefs and violence or when you hear the term rapper you're automatically many people get this idea that it's uh it's gangster rap it's violence it's probably in a gang it's probably blah 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 that these dude owned an african bookstore he's he's a jazz guy he's a jazzy rap what they would call conscious rap which which is a title i dislike they they have great disdain for it too but this is a guy who owned a bookstore i've been to that bookstore you know, he's into fashion, he's into art, he's into just beautiful poetry and lyrics, and that's it. And 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 and, and intellectual endeavors. So he's not in that vein, but he lived in Brooklyn. He's a Brooklynite, and he knows. He lived through Koch and Dinkins and Giuliani and Bloomberg. He understands. Can't even tell the difference between the cops and the robbers. So meanwhile, I can't bring my gun into New York, and I know that. Brittany Griner should have known not to bring her a hash oil pen. I'm not going to make an honest mistake and bring my, bring my firearm to New York City or bring my firearm into California. I don't want to know what the ordinances are. Can I or can I not? I'm not doing it. <clears throat> I know that I'm not. It has the strictest gun laws in the country, California. So I'm not even going to play the game with the LAPD, especially not the LAPD. I don't play those kind of games, law enforcement. They're not on my side historically, so why would I do that? So you're going into a foreign country with contraband, and you want to tell me or that country that it's, a, it's an honest mistake. Well, yeah, guess what? There's still penalties for your honest mistake. There are certain places that have a zero-tolerance policy. Places in Southeast Asia, there are certain Muslim countries 
you do certain things in certain countries is punishable by death. I think in part, think in the Philippines, I think smuggling, drug smuggling was punishable by, by death, by execution. What are we talking about? But so that means if you decide you want to be a smuggler, okay, if you think, oh, well, that, that's, that's draconian, that, that's too severe. Well, it, it may be severe, but it's the reality. So guess what? <sighs> Deal with it. So welcome home, Miss Brittany Griner. And um, safe travels. On that note, till we speak again.